Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and so glad that you are along for the ride today. Boy, do we have good news to share with you. We have good news coming out of Memphis, Tennessee, which is always good news. We have good news coming out of the world of the media. We have good news coming out of Jackson, Mississippi. Man, we have a lot of good news to share with you. And actually, I love Good News Fridays when we have giveaways, and we've got giveaways to give away today that are kind of musical in nature and devotional in nature. Let me just put it this way. If you liked my interview with Ron Block of Allison Krause and Union Station a couple of weeks ago, you're going to love today's guest this hour here on the Bottom Line Show. As a matter of fact, I was talking with a gentleman uh, this past uh, Sunday afternoon. I was privileged to be part of the event at Lutheran Social Services. In, uh, they had a special concert. Uh, they got a three-concert series that they're using as a benefit for building a new uh, men's facility. Actually, they've got a church that they can convert into uh, transitional housing for homeless guys in San Bernardino. And uh, thanks to, uh, to Lori and all the people there uh, for making this a, a reality and inviting me to come. And Kay Bright's helping to sponsor it. And one of the guys in their marketing department, Mark, I think it was, came up to me after the, sh the event that raised a lot of money for this cause. And he said, hey, I, I just discovered the bottom line and I'm kind of, he was wearing a bolo tie and, you know, kind of country type of clothes. And he said, yeah, I, I just discovered the show and I went scrolling through your archives and I found that Ron Block interview and oh my goodness, that was so cool. Well, Mark, Mark you're going to love my conversation coming up this hour with uh, Dr. Ian Duguid because he's not the kind of guy you would expect to have that kind of country bent, but he definitely does in his brand new devotional book that we're giving away today here on the bottom line. Hey, I want to do a shout out before we go too much further. Of course, Super Bowl, the big game is coming up this Sunday. And uh, our friend Robert Hamm is going to be playing a part in this uh, Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl festivities, as it were. Now, you know, the, Robert has a background in the military. He uh, felt very motivated after 9-11 to uh, join the ranks of the military. And uh, he works as a videographer, documentary filmmaker. And so he, that's what he enlisted for. And that's what the service he got and wound up going to, um, I believe, Afghanistan with his newlywed wife, Melanie, stationed in Alaska for a couple of years, waiting for him to return. Melanie made the most of her time. She started doing crafting and everybody in their part of Alaska makes quilts and you know mittens and things like that. And so she um, went through and uh, started uh, at her husband's recommendation, filming some of the things that she was uh, making and saying, hey, you know, here's how I made this, how I made that. She started a little YouTube channel. Next thing you know, her YouTube channel had 20,000 subscribers. And next thing you know, after that, she was up to nearly a million. And Made with Melanie became a website, a cottage industry, and Robert produced the videos. And it was just a fantastic uh, uh, time to be together. Um, Melanie developed a very aggressive form of cancer and uh, wound up going home to be with the Lord a couple of years ago. Robert uh, had the presence of mind while she was going through it to keep his iPhone handy and got a lot of video footage of her. And then working with, uh, teaming up with a really outstanding editor, uh, they put together a documentary called Made with Melanie, which was the name of her uh, YouTube channel and her website. And uh, that, first, I saw it last July when it first came out. And it had been seen about 50, 60,000 times before we featured Robert on the bottom line to talk about Melanie's testimony. Uh, since that airing, it's been about six months, over 600,000 people have seen the movie Made with Melanie. It's, it's available for free at YouTube, and you can find it at Hammer Productions or madewithmelanie.com uh, as well. 
But the reason I bring up Robert is in addition to that documentary, he's also made some great, um, done some great work as far as veterans and things of that nature. And he is part of an organization working with the Pat Tillman Foundation. And I don't know if you're familiar with Pat, but uh, Pat was a member of the Arizona Cardinals football team who in his late 20s uh, had the same type of call to military service as Robert Ham did. Uh, Pat went into active duty, left the NFL, and wound up uh, giving his life. He paid the ultimate price um, in in battle. And the Pat Tillman Foundation has been helping uh, people in that situation, the scholarship foundation that goes along with it at, for many, many years. Robert is part of the Pat Tillman Foundation, and the Pat Tillman Foundation is going to be a part of the coin toss at Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. So this Sunday, when you're watching the big game on TV and you look at all the guys who are gathered around and gals too for the uh, ceremonial coin toss to start Super Bowl 57, look for our bottom line show friend Robert Hamm uh, because he'll be there and part of the Pat Tillman Foundation. So shout out to Robert Hamm and congratulations on the great work you're doing with your ministry, but also with the Pat Tillman Foundation as well. Um, a very good story coming out of Memphis, Tennessee. And it, this is so, uh, it, it's really precious to see this story happen because Memphis has gotten so much bad publicity over the past uh, several years that, um, uh, especially the past several weeks because of the Tyree Nichols situation. And so there's a picture that showed up on uh, social media that kind of paints a different light. You know, oftentimes our tendency is when we see renegade cops go rogue and we have to ask the question, you know, how did things get so bad? You know, why is it that uh, uh, this person actually, uh, you know, it, it's, why did Tyree Nichols deserve to get beaten up by five cops? I don't care if they're black, white, green, pink, orange, and they happen to all be black, but police brutality is completely inexcusable. Not all officers are bad rogue cops, and we talk about that often, over and over and over again. But uh, there's a fo photo that the Memphis Police Department posted on February the 2nd, and it's gone viral, and now it's been seen by tens of thousands of people uh, involving uh, a young man who discovered he was going to be a father. And he was just overwhelmed with the fact that he was only 17 years of age. And uh, actually, he had just become a father. And um, life was really hard, you know. This is a kid who he, to his credit, he and his, uh, his girlfriend wound up, you know, found that they were going to become parents, and they welcomed the baby into the world. And now here he is trying to do work and school and have a baby, and life is tough. And understanding, of course, how difficult life can be. A woman who is only identified on social media as Officer Shaw, and I know she has a first name somewhere, but uh, she's everywhere. She's just Officer Shaw, so that's what we're going with here. I know she has a first name. <laughs> anyway, uh, February the 2nd, officers were dispatched to the I-40 bridge in Memphis, and they said the reason was um, there was a, an individual who was suicidal. Uh, a lieutenant by the name of Lieutenant Tuznik was driving on the bridge, found the individual, and then Officer Shaw made the scenes shortly after 
the the call was given out. And Officer Shaw did what you do in a a suicidal situation. She began uh, developing rapport with this young man. He was on the outside ledge of the bridge. If you look at the photo, which we'll put up at thebottomlineshow.com, there's really, I mean, there's a guardrail, but there's no real, like, sidewalk or anything. It's just trucks and cars, and it was a rainy day, and, and basically he he just, she asked him what was wrong, and he said, I, you know, I'm, I'm a dad now, and the pressure of life, it's just too much. And so rather than telling him, don't kill yourself, don't kill yourself, she said, you know what, I understand. I understand. And so they talked and they hugged. And he just really, after about 15 minutes or so, was willing to let the other officers come and help him and take him to a place where he could get some help. It's amazing to me how many times we in the body of Christ have a golden opportunity to deal with somebody who's hurting. And it's not always a young man who goes to the edge of a cliff or a bridge in this case and says, I'm going to jump. I just can't handle it anymore. It might be a coworker who needles you for your faith all the time. Or somebody who's constantly getting on you, one of your neighbors, you know, oh, look at your car. You're a Christian and da-da-da-da-da-da whatever it is, someone who really gets under your skin. And it's so easy to just go skin for skin, hide for hide, eye for eye, tooth for tooth and say, oh yeah, you know. And sometimes we as Christians wrap ourselves up in like an American flag or the constitution and say, see, well, I've got legal rights and da da da. And I look at what this woman did for this young man. This child that this child is the father of is not a mistake in God's economy. This young guy needed a hug. He needed someone a little older than him to say, it's okay. We don't know what his family story is. Maybe he was abandoned by his parents. Maybe his mom had an issue. Maybe his dad had an issue. We don't know what his story is. Maybe he thought that he and his girlfriend thought like a lot of young people, my home life was terrible growing up. And so therefore, if we could just have a baby of our own, That'll make us feel better and we'll have someone to love and to care for and we're going to do it right. And then reality sets in and 17-year-olds today, heck, adolescence doesn't end till age 27. So 17-year-olds today are kind of emotionally like 10 or 11 when we were growing up. I mean, I'm not saying that to point fingers. That's just a reality. So Officer Shaw, thank you for giving us something to celebrate and for literally living the good news knowing that you had a weapon, knowing that you could have done this situation so much more differently, and yet the way you handled it, see that God was all over your interaction with this young boy. We've got a link for this article up at thebottomlineshow.com as well. As we continue, Dr. Ian Duguid is a great theologian and a Bible teacher, someone we've gotten to know here on The Bottom Line Show. When he reached out to me recently and said, hey, I have a brand new devotional about country music, I said, you have got to be kidding. (laughs) What does an English Bible scholar have to do with or know anything about country music? Well, the book is called Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional. You want to know why Ian Duguid wrote it? We're going to tell you on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You know, I just finished a meeting in Africa with a group of guys. 
And I said to them, here's the deal. They want to know how things are going in the United States. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. Things are crummy. But I said, what you do every day is you get up every day, gentlemen, and you realize that none of this matters. God is in control. And if you believe that, then it, it's all downhill. And, and I said to them, I said, so as we struggle here with the things that we're planning to do here in Africa, it's exciting to see all the things that you guys want to do and the plans you're making. Just know that God is in charge. And so, and the bad things that are happening in the United States, God is going to work all of them to good, Romans 8, 28. That's the only solution is just go back every day to Jesus and ask him for guidance and what you're supposed to be doing. Amen and amen. Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to capebrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get into a topic of conversation that you might think is germane for me as a country music fan and also somebody who likes to you know, study scripture. But we have a mo- rather unlikely source for this new resource. Ian Duguid is professor of Old Testament at Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, we've talked to him about Old Testament romps before, but today we're going to talk about something that's a passion of his that I think may be a passion of yours as well. The book is called Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Ian Duguid, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Country music. I never would have pegged you as a country music fan. When did this start or how did you get inflicted the country music uh, (laughs) love anyway? Well, in the mid-1990s, I moved from Oxford, England to Jackson, Mississippi. Talk about culture shock. Oh, yeah. Uh, My children went to school there and they were convinced that all the local children were holding the war of independence against them. They probably were. (laughs) Um, But uh, suddenly on all the radio stations, there was country music. Yes. Uh, And... uh, I started listening and I got hooked by the stories, uh-huh. the way that uh, it deals with all of the emotions of life in a way that so few other uh, forms of music really do. Mm-hmm. I love the references that you use. And for those who are not country music fans, even if you aren't, you'll be going through YouTube and Spotify and trying to find these songs. But you can imagine that a song like Jesus Take the Wheel might show up or How Great Thou Art. But God is great. Beer is good. People are crazy. I mean, that that's where that's where we're starting with this one, Ian Duguid. Talk about, what, what, did you have to work hard to find the theology, or were there times as a theologian you'd listen to a song and say, you know, that reminds me of uh, Psalm 130? There, there are lots of times when I would listen to a song and it would remind me of scripture uh, in a variety of different ways. I mean, sometimes the songs are a straight exploration of scripture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they reflect the Christian background of the singers. Sometimes they're not even Christian songs at all, but they mm-hmm. raise a problem yeah. to which the gospel is the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so like uh, uh, Toby Keith and Willie Nelson, be of my horses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the problem of evil. We all yeah. have to wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, their solution is, is to find a tall oak tree and a long piece of rope and string up the bad guys. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always work out so well. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly if we start to to recognize that we ourselves have evil within us. It's not just evil in other people that's the problem. It's my own evil that's the problem. Right. That all of a sudden that solution doesn't look quite so attractive. And the gospel provides us with a radically different solution, which is that somebody else takes the rope for us. Yes, yes. And, uh, and we are made right with God uh, through mm-hmm. his righteousness. 
Yes, well, I'm sure John Calvin would appreciate the uh, the introduction uh, chapter on the beer being good and people being crazy, or all my Lutheran theologian friends would for sure. But I like the way you've organized this. It's not just a collection of songs that Ian Duguid and his family used to sing when they lived in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, because they were on the WSM or whatever the country station was that was blasting into there. But rather, you've organized this in a way that helps us to see our salvation journey and our sanctification journey as well in terms of coming to Jesus, living with Jesus and dwelling with him forever. Um, was it intentional? Was it just kind of the way the songs talk about how you formed this book? It's, it's such an anomaly to me, but I'm loving it. And, uh, and we're just really enjoying the, uh, the theological depth of it. Ian Duguid, talk about how you put it together. Well, I started collecting, collecting songs and ideas. And then as I started putting them together, I realized that there's a sequence here. Uh, it makes sense for us to walk through the gospel from the point of recognizing our sin and our need of grace, uh, coming uh, to Christ uh, through faith, uh, being changed into new people, and then on from there. Uh, what does it mean to to uh, live as a believer and our ultimate goal, the new heavens and the new earth? Uh, and there are country songs that, that go with every step of that journey. And frankly, as a, as a Christian, I need to retread that journey regularly you know there's a reason why pilgrim's progress is one of the most popular christian books ever written right because as christians we need to be reminded where we've come from where we are and where we're going and that's my goal in this devotional dr ian Duguid is my guest today here on the bottom line the devotional is called me and god a 21-day country music devotional we have a link for the book up at the bottom line show.com I have to admit, Ian, I've oftentimes have quoted, and I'll use air quotes, the noted theologian Garth Brooks for talking about, you know, thanking God for unanswered prayers. Absolutely. And then when I found that, when I found this in your book, I went, oh, this is great. Now there's some actual theological substance to this. Can you talk about how a song from one of the most uh, prolific country artists of the 1990s and 2000s actually does drive us to Romans 8, 28? Right. Now, what's intriguing about the song is that, that uh, he says this is actually based on a true life experience. Mm. Uh, he actually went with his wife to a, 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 a football game at his former high school and bumped into a former high school flame. And after a, just a couple of minutes of conversation, they realized they had nothing in common. Mm. Now, this was the girl who, when he was a teenager, he had prayed to God every night that God would make her his. Right. And God had said no. And, and as he looked back on that, he realized God's wisdom was greater than his. Yeah, you know, go figure, a teenage boy not having that much wisdom. But <laughs> the reality is that's always true. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old we are, how far we go through through our journey, God's wisdom is always wiser than ours. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a reminder that uh, that when we pray, God always hears our prayers as believers. Uh, he is always interested in what we have to say to him. Uh, but uh, one of the things that we should be praying, not only is that God would give us what we wish, we should also pray that God would give us the grace if he says no, uh, mm. to be able to accept that and to have the faith uh, to, to trust him, that he really is a good father and that mm. he will not give us bad things. That When we ask for a snake, he's not going to give us a snake. Right. right. Uh, he's going to give us uh, you know, good things instead. But uh, sometimes that may take a while. Sometimes that may not be what we think are good things. But mm. the song expresses that beautifully.
Yeah, certainly does. I'm talking with Ian Duguid today here on The Bottom Line about the new devotional book called Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You're making me feel a lot better for all those times I'd go to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention when it was in Nashville, and a bunch of us broadcasters would sneak over to uh, to Third and Lindsley and listen to Vince Gill and the Time Jumpers play old Texas swing music. And every now and again, it was amazing to see who would show up and what song they would sing, because there was always a, a famous famous somebody who would show up and 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 you'd kind of get blown away going wow i didn't know that uh you know easton corbin knew that old classic hymn tune or whatever it was but as we think about this country music has kind of that history of, of being a little kinder to you know hymn tunes and things that we would find familiar to our faith and you do have a couple of hymns that you do include in the category uh, talk about uh for example how a country artist singing how great thou art uh, really does lead us to the book of so uh, the book of Psalms and a uh, focus on worshiping God. For example, is there any one particular uh, version of how great thou art you have in mind? Yeah. So in in the song, what I've done is is I put QR codes there, so you can actually go straight from 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 the book uh, to Spotify and listen nice. to, to each track. Uh, in that case, I chose Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson, mm -hmm. yeah. a great voice. Yeah. Uh, and and that's a classic hymn, as you say. Uh, that like the Psalms does uh, does two things. Firstly, it calls us to praise God, but then the Psalms never leave us there. They also give us content, what we should praise God for. And uh, how great thou art goes through creation and redemption uh, and on to consummation in terms of the things that we should praise God for. You know, many of these country music singers got their start in church. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it, it feels natural for them uh, to be singing these these old hymns and and I think, again, you can tell in the way it cut, the music comes across. Mm. You know, as I think about the issues that people deal with in uh, society today, and people will talk about the unprecedented times that we're living in, uh, Dr. Ian Duguid, I think you would uh, agree with me and other people who like country and bluegrass and that type of music, that it really isn't so much that the problems have changed, maybe the cultural backdrop has changed in terms of the way we uh, process them. But it's still the same sin issues that we've been wrestling with since the fall. I mean, talk, talk about why it seems like of all the different musical styles that are out there right now that seem kind of vapid and void and whatever, country music still kind of keeps us tethered to our original moorings of, yes, there is sin, but there's also a savior. Yeah, so pop music, you know, tends as a generalization, tends to be about love or sometimes lust, um, but it never gets beyond... I want you, uh, and but real life, you know, moves beyond that. You know, you you uh, there's this dating phase, but then hopefully you find somebody you get married, uh, and married life is not the same as dating. Uh, I'm sure that's not news to most of your uh, your listeners here. Uh, and uh, married life is challenging. It's difficult in this world, uh, and there are people there who have the experience of divorce, which is very painful. Uh, and uh, very difficult to go through, and suffering, uh, cancer, and sickness, and loss. Uh, and country music goes beyond simply the "I want, you know, I want to get married to you." So, the, what happens after we get married, uh, and uh, how do we go on in this world, and and what do we look forward to beyond this world? Uh, that that piece is one that I don't think you will find in in other uh, contemporary forms of music. The idea that uh, that there is a world beyond this one, that uh, this world is not our home. Uh, it's not our destiny. Uh, we were created for so much more than this. Uh, and there's a, a savior who 
waits with open arms to welcome us into his presence. Well, that that uh, gospel presentation from Ian Duguid is all over this brand new devotional book called Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're going to find out why Brad Paisley made the list twice on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues. Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Coverlaw used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, getting in some of the music that you hear in Ian Duguid's new uh, documentary type of uh, devotional. Uh, the book is simply called Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have two copies of the book to give away right now. You're going to love this thing. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, Dr. Ian Duguid, a Bible stud, a scholar with Westminster Theological Seminary, uh, Old Testament uh, expert at that. And yet, if you've ever wondered, I, I know some pastor friends of mine, uh, sometimes we'll get into a discussion about the spiritual significance of a top 40 song or a progressive rock song or sometimes even country or, or jazz. You know, what's the real heart? What's the real spirit behind what was written? You know, there are sometimes there are songs, there's a, uh, a song Clint Black recorded, gosh, 25 years ago on the Nothing But Taillights album called Something That We Do. And uh, it's a song that he wrote with Skip, uh, Skip Ewing, who is a songwriting partner, and Clint as the, I think, the better singer of the two. But when you listen to it, I mean, the, 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 one of the lines is, love is high, love is long, love is deep, and love is strong. Um, you, you see you know, how deep, how wide is the love of Christ. I mean, you begin to see that love in their song is an action. And because it's an action, it has more of a biblical connotation. Find out Skip Ewing is a Christian, and he injected that those biblical components into the song. I think it won Song of the Year uh, all those years ago. But Ian Duguid has done us a great service with 21 country songs that are popular from today and yesteryear, um, but have a very spiritual significance to them as well. He writes about them in his book called uh, Me and God, a 21-Day Country Music Devotional. We've got two copies to give away, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. More in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Joined for a great conversation today here on the bottom line by Ian Duguid, professor of Old Testament at Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. But before that, 
Uh, by the way, you can, you can find a, a, we'll have a link up at the bottomlineshow.com for uh, some of his sermons and uh, other works that we featured him on here at the Bottom Line Show. Uh, first and foremost, though, how long did you and your family live in Jackson, Mississippi that got you kind of hooked on country music that kind of led you to this new book called Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional? Yeah, we only lived in Jackson for one year, which was a formative experience, clearly. Then yeah. we moved to Southern California. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, from, you know, as my kids will testify, we spent a lot of time on the freeway and uh, always <laughs> listening to country music. Yes, uh, that's good. Some decent country stations, even in Southern California, that's for sure. But then, of course, now with the, the streaming services and whatnot, you don't have to worry too much about that. Uh, the book, Me and God, uh, the 21-Day Country Music Devotional is up at thebottomlineshow.com. And before the break, we were talking about some of the entries that are in here and the, the way the book is laid out, the Coming to Jesus segment, the Living with Jesus and With Jesus Forever, and the QR codes, too. So if you're looking for a frame of reference, if country music isn't necessarily your thing, um, you can still uh, have uh, reference through Spotify to hear what the song sounds like and then uh, read Dr. Duguid's uh, observations with regard to them. I mentioned Brad Paisley hit the list a couple of times, one with Whiskey Lullaby, which anybody who's ever, you know, had to wrestle with that issue, um, you know, that, that you talk about the guilt that is associated with that. And then um, getting into uh, when I get where I'm going, which is a beautiful song that he recorded with Dolly Parton. Uh, can, let's talk about the the revelation aspect of this for a while, because we got a couple songs on the list that kind of get us there. Uh, talk about why when I get where I'm going is the kind of song that's a beautiful song that will help you remember people who are no longer with us, but it also leads you into a deeper look at uh, spending eternity with the Lord. Yeah, it's a very personal song. Uh, it reminds us that uh, what's after this life is not extinction. Uh, but for the believer is to be present with the Lord. Uh, that's the, the primary thing, but also to be present with, with the saints who've gone before us. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, some of those will be you know, familiar household names to everybody. Uh, others of those will be people uh, who maybe not many people know, but we know. Uh, and uh, we'll get a chance to, to be reunited with them in heaven, uh, to hear more of God's grace in their lives. Uh, in some cases, people we didn't get to know very well. Uh, mm -hmm. parents uh, i think of, of, of people like that who uh i you know i i didn't know many of my grandparents well and uh and so i'm left wondering a lot about their stories and uh uh the opportunity to to see them in full health uh and mm. to hear their testimony yes of of what's what god has done in their lives you know one mm -hmm. of my sisters once said to me um you know, all four of us in the family are believers. And she said, you know, I wonder if when we get to heaven, we're going to discover some, you know, maiden aunt somewhere who prayed for us as children. Mm. And prayers were answered. And uh, what a delight that would be. Yes, yes. I, I can't wait. I know it's, it's very exciting. And I think of a song that wouldn't make your country list, but uh, uh, the Christian recording artist Twyla Paris did an album dedicated to uh, that facet of uh, life uh, called Same Girl. And there's a song where she talks about remembering, wondering what it must have been like for her grandmother, you know, just kind of looking at old pictures and 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 saying, oh, you know, one day I'll meet you in heaven and then we'll get a chance to swap stories, you know, like how fun that will be. Um, Dr. Ian Duguid is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Me and God is his new book, a 21-day country music devotional. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. During the break, Ian, we were talking about uh, the song, There Will Come a Day, and uh, it had a really big push, especially during a moment of tragedy here in the United States. 
But for you as a theologian, as a Bible scholar, it, it, it takes on a deeper significance. And it's amazing when people start gravitating toward a song like that, not realizing that they may actually be, you know, crying out, you know, some of the cries of the heart to be with the Lord in the new creation forever. Talk about that, if you would. Yeah, so I first heard this song right after 9-11. Uh, and it got some some airtime uh, right away, uh, and then it was uh, gradually replaced by uh, two songs in particular: uh, Toby Keith's uh, "Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue," which is yeah. like a, uh, an imprecatory song. Yes, uh, and uh, and and Alan Jackson's "Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning," which is which is more sentimental sure. in its focus. But what I loved about Faith Hill's song is that it it acknowledges the brokenness of this world that that will always be here until Christ returns, but also looks forward with faith and confidence that, that this is not the end of the story, that the God who created this world in the first place is not done with it. Uh, and that uh, if uh, if the, the, the previous song is more focused on individual resurrection, uh, the Faith Hill song is more focused on the new heavens and the new earth. And, you know, mm -hmm. Both of those are part of the biblical revelation. Uh, we have an individual future with God, but also as part of this glorious new heavens and new earth that he's creating uh, that will be so much better than, you know, than Avatar or whatever Hollywood movie you want to describe. Uh, and, uh, and that's the inheritance that we have stored up for us, uh, which is very relevant in the times of trial and difficulty. It's when mm -hmm. we're most going through the, the, the mud and the muck of life uh, that we need somebody to remind us that there will come a day. Uh, that will change all of this when all our tears will be wiped away and there'll be no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more sin, uh, but only the presence of God. Love it. Ian Duguid is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, uh, Old Testament uh, professor of Old Testament theology at uh, Westminster Seminary and the author of a brand new devotional book called Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional. Have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. The voices of the people that you are describing here, uh, whether it's Brad Paisley or Faith Hill or Carrie Underwood or whatever, there's something about the sung word that uh, even when your uh, spoken voice doesn't really uh, hold up, you know, even some people who aren't terribly, you know, they have great physical shape because of illness or whatever, there's something about how God magnifies the singing voice that uh, has always just amazed me and inspired me. Um, we've only got a couple of minutes left in our conversation, and I've reserved this last couple of minutes for a personal favorite of mine, which makes me emotional to think about um, the Alison Krauss song, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. And, uh, Pardon me while I can't collect my thoughts, but will you talk about the trust that, I mean, that there's something just so netherworldly about that version and that song? Yeah, I mean, again, she has an amazing voice. Uh, you know, Paul said in Colossians 3 that as we sing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, that the word of Christ dwells in our hearts richly. Yes. yes. And that word richly, I think, is very much tied up with the music. God has created music with this ability to speak to our hearts in a way that simply stating the facts doesn't. Uh, and a beautiful song, beautifully sung, and that is, uh, of course, beautifully sung, uh, with uh, fu fundamentally biblical content. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, none of us knows what tomorrow holds. Uh, you know, I've had a couple of bouts with cancer and heart issues, uh, so I, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and more importantly, he knows me. Mm. And is at work in my life and will be at work in my life uh, to humble me, uh, to show me my need of him, 
to show me that Christ is sufficient for everything I need, uh, and ultimately, whether sooner or later, to welcome me into, into the, that glorious new heavens and new earth he's preparing, uh, along with all the saints. And that's a glorious thing. Amen and amen. And thank you for articulating that and also bailing me out as I was sitting here in a pool of tears. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's but it's so it's so very true. Having I'm coming up on the fifth anniversary of my open heart surgery. And I know that um I'm on stoppage time, as my footballing friends would say. And uh, uh we don't know what the next hour or minute, you know, is going to hold, but we do knowing who holds tomorrow uh, makes it all worthwhile. Uh, Dr. Ian Duguid, thank you for writing this. I mean, selfishly, I love country music. I love God and I love your work. So I'm glad that this all came together, but thank you for giving us a resource that uh, may be the breakthrough that some people are looking for in these crazy and confusing times that we are living in. The book is called Me and God, a 21 day country music devotional. There's a link for it up at the bottom line show.com. Ian, thank you for uh, being with us today and sharing with us today here on the bottom line show really appreciate it thank you very much well all righty i i can't wait to see how you as a bottom line listener will react to and enjoy this devotional by dr ian Duguid. again the book is called god and me a 21 day country music devotional 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line, and we've got two copies of this book to give away, and as Ian mentioned, um, when you get the hard copy of the book, every entry has a QR code that connects you to Spotify, and so you get a chance to, for example, uh, one of the uh, entries in the book here is about sin. We mentioned this, Josh Turner, The Long Black Train. You scan the QR code, and you get a chance to hear the song, The Long Black Train. I can't go down that low. Um, Toby Keith, Beer for My Horses, as an example of God's justice. Uh, Brad Paisley, Alison Krauss, and Whiskey Lullaby about guilt. Um, the idea that, uh, uh, you know, Jesus Take the Wheel, of course, Carrie Underwood, a song about surrender. Um, George, is it George Strait's I Saw God Today. Um, Thy Will Be Done by uh, Hilary Scott of Lady A. Um, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. There are a couple different versions of it. I like the Alison Krauss one. That's all about trust. Uh, Three Wooden Crosses, Randy Travis, about uh, the mission in life. I mean, it, it's it's just, it's it's really interesting to see how Dr. Ian Duguid draws the biblical portions of these songs out of these songs, because in all honesty, there are people who will try to deify certain songs, will try to, uh, you know, re refer to them as a spiritual experience because they had powerful emotional experiences hearing the songs. But when a song transforms you spiritually, whether it's an old classic hymn, How Great Thou Art is one of the ones that's in included here, um, you know, the, the, there are opportunities for you to literally have your life transformed and put into a whole different trajectory. But I know what it's like to have both things happen. I mean, literally where you are transformed emotionally. Oh, that was such a wonderful experience. Uh, there's a progressive rock band called Yes. Um, you might be familiar with Yes. Uh, they were the guys who sang Roundabout and some other great songs, the 70s and 80s. The principal lyric writer for the group Yes, John Anderson, is a spiritist guy. He seeks a medium on every turn, apparently. I didn't know this when I was 10. You know, I was getting into these songs. But he likes the way words sound, and he's into cosmic images and this, that, and the other thing. I saw a Yes concert when I was in high school, and they have a song called Awaken, 
that was co-written by uh, uh, him and uh, uh, John Anderson and I think Rick Wakeman, the keyboard player. Now, Rick Wakeman's a Christian. And I'll tell you, when they get to the final you know, crescendo at the end of the song, it's like heaven's opening up. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. But I also know, too, that I experienced that song and great joy on an emotional level. The spiritual ones for me, this is how I know. I think everybody has a way that you know that God is speaking to you spiritually through a song. And you know what it is for me is I can't sing it. I'll be so overcome with emotion, whether it's laughter or tears or just uncontrollable to the point where I can't, there are certain praise and worship songs we even sing in church. I can't finish singing them because they're just so, they're just so powerful. And I got I got such a kick out of Ian Duguid and his book because look at what one year in Jackson, Mississippi and a couple of years being in San Diego listening to the late great KSON and Wayne Rice and the Bluegrass Special and all those programs. Look what it did to his faith. Well, anyway, if you like country music, even if you don't, um, I think you're going to enjoy this book. Again, Dr. Ian Duguid's book, Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional is up at thebottomlineshow.com and we have two copies of the book we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, on the other side of this break, a topic of conversation in the Marsh household and other places too with regard to our waistline. <laughs> and why is it that some Christians succeed in that area of eating healthy and staying healthy and why others do not? Well, we're going to take a look at a new restaurant that has been opened up by a couple of Christian couple, a husband and wife, that is the kind of food you like to eat, but there's a big, you know, uh, a big caveat here. Yeah, you like these kinds of foods, but everything you find here is going to be a healthy alternative to the stuff that you typically like. We're going to talk about uh, Mia and Rob Graham and their new restaurant, The Revelations Cafe. It's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, still taking your calls until the top of the hour for the two copies of uh, Dr. Ian Duguid's book, me and God, a 21-day country music devotional, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You may have heard of a documentary that drove a lot of people away from processed foods and even away from the meat-based diets that a lot of Americans have into the arms of vegetarianism or even veganism. The book and the documentary called Forks Over Knives. Have you heard of that? The idea that if, you know, you don't, if you've got a fork, you could stab your salad or whatever, but you don't necessarily need a knife to cut it. Anything that you would, you know, uh, any kind of food that was, you know, too tough to just kind of break open with your fork, it's kind of stuff you want to stick away from, uh, stay away from. Uh, John Corey is the guy who produced that documentary. And now he is on a new um, journey. And the new journey is he's hanging around with a Christian couple, Mia and Robbie Graham, who've opened up a place just outside of Tampa, Florida. It's in the city of Lutz, actually, uh, called Revelations Cafe. Now, here is the, the deal. This is a couple that uh, wanted to build a cafe that would help others lead, he lead healthier lives, by nourishing the body. 
according to Mia Graham, she said, you have to remember that we are three-part beings. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have to honor God with what we put into our bodies. And so basically, it's a plant-based menu. There are lots of plant-based restaurants all around. But the difference here is they say, this is a plant-based menu that is designed to heal the body. Now, I, I want to throw in a little caveat here before we go any further. There are lots of reasons why people um, have uh, make the food decisions that they do. Some people eat a lot of fast food because it's convenient, full stop. It's not like they are trying to be super healthy or not. They just know, I eat this stuff, I'm still alive, my stomach feels full when I eat it, uh, everything's okay. Now, if you take it a step further, you understand that whatever you put into your body is helping your body or hurting it. There's no Switzerland when it comes to food. And so if you eat too much red meat, if you eat too much cheese, if you don't drink enough water, you know, that type of stuff, you can really have some problems. But a lot of people in the culture today have chosen, say, a vegan diet more because they want to save the environment or they don't want to hurt plant or animals, rather, et cetera, et cetera. Some people have gone to gluten-free. I have two good friends who in their adult years have gone gluten-free because the celiac issue has been too frustrating for them. And so they don't mind eating food that doesn't taste like anything because it's gluten-free. But here's the, the deal. Robbie Graham suffered a heart attack at the age of 57. He had a blocked artery and had plaque buildup in multiple vessels. But what's interesting about Robbie's story is you would not know he had a heart condition if you looked at his physical appearance. This was a guy had who basically had um, really good, you know, looking body on the outside, but on the inside, the plaque was building up and it eventually led to a blocked artery. So as part of his rehab from the heart attack, he took on a plant-based diet as opposed to a non-plant-based diet. What he found was a plant-based diet led him to have his cholesterol numbers lowered, his blood pressure lowered, and it literally reversed his heart disease. So eating a plant-based diet for him, he said, here's what we want to do. They, Robbie and Mia don't have any restaurant experience whatsoever. The only experience they had was the fact that Robbie knew that even though he looked like he was in pretty good shape, he needed some help. As a matter of fact, uh, he had been through, he had a history of, you know, uh, he, having a problem with his health. This is a guy who, when he met Mia, she was a recently divorced single mom trying to raise two teenage boys. Robbie used to be a fit and successful businessman, but then he overdid it on his squats one day and he injured his back. So when he went to the doctor for treatment for the back injury, instead of prescribing some kind of diet and exercise program to help him heal up, the doctor just wrote him a prescription for pain pills. And pretty soon, Robbie became an addict. Within three years, his addiction became more severe than the pain was. He was snorting stuff. He was shooting stuff up. He, he was literally an IV drug user. And so within three years, he lost everything. In 2013, he was living in a homeless shelter run by the Salvation Army. 
But then he met Mia, and Mia had been struggling with alcohol and food addiction during her divorce. One day, God showed her that the addiction to food was, she put it, a distraction. And she said, here's what your future's going to look like if you don't take control of your life and start living for his glory instead. So she started eating healthy. She met Robbie. They fell in love. He started eating healthy. And so now they... Uh, They've got this documentary that's you can stream it online at revelations-cafe.com. We'll put a link up at the bottomlineshow.com. But basically, now you've got this couple that have transformed a former mattress store in Lutz, Florida, into a restaurant called the Revelations Cafe. It's interesting because when Robbie and Mia met, Mia told the Christian Post, it was like someone had put a computer chip in my brain and all this information started pouring in. God gave me a vision of what our life was going to be like together, but I was thinking, well, we're just going to be friends. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not looking for a husband. I'm not looking for a boyfriend. And this guy's in a homeless shelter. But they met, they fell in love. And, you know, it's amazing how many people are now responding to what they're doing. I want to share some observations about the Revelations Cafe and how this documentary can actually help people. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Our theme today is how things that you don't necessarily think can help you can actually help you spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Uh, we're still giving away. We've got two copies left to give away of Dr. Ian Duguid's book called Me and God, a 21-day country music devotional. Yes, it does take that kind of music, those songs, into consideration and shows you things about sin and despair and guilt and whatever. It's a great book. Highly recommend it. And each copy comes with QR codes for each devotional entry. You scan the QR code. It takes you right to the song. So you get to hear that country song. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We're also talking about the Revelations Cafe. And uh, Mia and Robbie, uh, the, the Goodmans are just, they're, they're tearing it up, as we say, you know, in terms of what's happening with their, or Grams, rather, with their ministry. The new documentary, Revelations Cafe, Food from the Soul, for the Soul, rather, 
produced by John Corey, who produced Forks Over Knives, literally takes a viewer on their journey that united them as a couple and led them to convert an old mattress store into a health food restaurant. But the health food part of it is more than just eat healthier, eat vegan, eat clean, whatever. It's literally a how do you, as a Christian, honor God with your body? Uh, They use plant-based diet. And in Robbie's case, a guy who used to be really good uh, at the fitness game, very fit and healthy, injured his back training one day, wound up going to a doctor who, instead of giving him a better training regimen, prescribed more pain pills. Robbie got addicted. He got off the pain pills eventually, but not before winding up in the uh, uh, in the OR because of the fact that he uh, was uh, well, he was so he was <laughs> he was living in a Salvation Army shelter for crying out loud. Um, once he got back into good shape, though, the plaque buildup in a blocked artery led him to a heart attack at age 57, and so he went to a plant-based diet that lowered his cholesterol numbers, lowered his blood pressure, and reversed his heart disease. According to the Mayo Clinic. of us are taking at least one prescription drug and more than half are taking four or more prescriptions every day. Now, I take a couple of prescription medications for my heart, but I've been talking with people who have been encouraging me, even exhorting me to say, it's been five years since your surgery. Maybe you don't need to take Crestor every day for your cholesterol. Maybe you don't need to take um, uh, blood pressure medication. To Maybe you could do it with diet and exercise. But here's the thing. Our body is, in fact, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I know that there are some people who obsess over their weight or trying to look physically fit. Talk to Robbie Graham. This is a guy who looked really good on the outside in terms of his fitness, but his heart was all jammed up. Brothers and sisters, this is what the world is doing to the world right now. Everybody wants to look good on the outside, but no one's taking a look at the sin that is literally blocking and stopping hearts like plaque does on the inside. What will heal your heart faster? A new look, a new diet and exercise routine, or changing what you put into your body? Jesus said we're not condemned by what we put in, but what by what comes out. If what you're putting in your body is stopping the flow of blood and keeping your heart from pumping properly, that may be a good first step to take. That is good news indeed. And that's the bottom line. More Good News Friday coming up on the other side of this break. For those who are listening on KCBC, this is the end of our live feature today. Um, we've got uh, Bottom Line Rewind coming up tonight or tomorrow at t- or Monday at 1030 and then uh, Bottom Line Extra uh, coming up tonight at 7. For those who remain on the network, Arlene Pellicane joining me next to talk about uh, good news for married couples and how to appreciate the value of date nights. That's coming up next as the Bottom Line continues. Well, special joining us today here on The Bottom Show, Arlene Pellicane is with us, and she's an author, she's a blogger, she's a broadcaster, and she is part of an event that's going on right now that I highly recommend Bottom Line Show listeners get involved in. It's National Marriage Week USA. Arlene Pellicane, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. So nice to be with you, Roger. Thanks so much for having me on. Great to be with you. And also, I should point out for our MyHopeNow.com uh, crowd as well, nice to see you as well, because for all the audio that we've done together in the radio world, it's nice to be able to throw a video component uh, with that as well. Um, February, February 7th through the 14th is National Marriage Week. A lot of people don't know this. I mean, this was kind of a new one for me, too. Talk about your involvement in this organization. It really does seem to be something that's not only healthy, but beneficial, but also really needed in our culture right now. 
Yes. I'm so honored to be partnering with them as a spokesperson. And that's a recent thing. So I'm like you that didn't know a whole lot about National Marriage Week until I started learning about it recently. And basically, you know, you think of it like how you have a recycling campaign or an anti-vaping campaign. You've got these campaigns to raise awareness. And so what an amazing idea for February 7th to 14th, the week leading up to Valentine's Day. What if we could raise awareness that marriage is a good thing? What if we could support existing marriages with resources and say, hey, you can do this? What if the generation behind us was like, you know what, marriage, that maybe I should look into that, you know, because mm -hmm. I know I've got, you know, teenagers and I know a lot of their friends are not really thinking like, oh, I want to grow up and get married, right. you know, and yet that is something so important. And the social sciences also are backing that up. So it's really interesting. Some of the research that has come out of the National Marriage Project uh, that is being shown in National Marriage Week, and I'm sure we'll talk about those things. Yeah, let's well, let's get into it. National because yeah. the the statistics are, they're undeniable, and I know that there for years marriage, traditional biblical marriage, has been so maligned in the culture, and we hear the statistics. Well, you know, the divorce rate's high in in the world, but it's also high in the church, and you know, Christian couples seem to always be struggling. This, that, and the other thing. Um, to, can you give us some of the basics in terms of where are we? I don't, I'm not asking for the sugar-coated, this yeah. is the best news ever, but where are we right. really with regard to Christian marriage in the U.S. right now? Believe it or not, the divorce rate has actually dipped down a little bit. Nice. And part of that could be because people aren't marrying as much. Uh, they're being more selective before mm -hmm. they get married. You know, all those kinds of things. So that is a positive sign. You know, in the Christian church, a lot of times the the surveys will be like, you know, you know, do you believe in God? Yes, I do. Okay, good. And now, but when they really look at it and they say, do you go to church regularly? You know, do you mm. attend worship at least, you know, once or twice a month? Those kinds of questions. And then you find the statistics are much better. So you're qualifying what kind of Christian, how serious are you about your faith? And I think that's heartening for us because if we think that, okay, we're serious about our faith, we have this Christian worldview, you're going to do a whole lot better than those who do not have that Christian worldview. But it's really interesting. Today's modern person is so interested in happiness. You know, like if it doesn't right. make me happy, then I'm mm -hmm. out. Like if marriage doesn't make me happy, I'm out. But they've done this research, uh, Jeffrey Dew uh, and Brad Wilcox, and what they found was if people are married, they get a 102% boost in their happiness le happiness level at their wow. odds their odds of being happy. And if they're happily married, they even get a 219% boost if they're happily married. And you can kind of compare that to a 29% boost if you're a college grad mm -hmm. and a 51% boost in the odds of being happy if you make more money than most. Mm. So you can kind of see as people are saying, like, these are the things that really attribute to a good life because they're like, wow, that's just being married. You get a 102% boost. That's not even happily married. That's just like, <laughs> we just exist married. Yeah. together. Uh -huh. We are uh -huh. married. Uh -huh. And so how much more that 219% boost? So I think that's so encouraging to realize that, you know, maybe we take it for granted that we're married. Oh, we're married to the same guy. We're married mm -hmm. to the same girl. It's so boring. But to realize, you know what? It's really quite a blessing. And the social sciences bear that if you're married, you will get wealthier than your single counterparts, you mm. will live longer, you'll have less chance of disease, you will have a, a more happy as we talked about, and it's also a more ideal way to raise children. So there mm. are these really, really great things that we don't really talk about in our culture, like for instance, how it's an anti-poverty, uh, it's, it's like a protection against poverty. So statistically, if a child will go to high school, 
will work full, finish high school, will work full time and wait to get married and have children till the age of 21. They have a 2% chance of living in poverty. Hmm. But if they don't do those things, they have a 77 chance percent chance wow. of living in poverty. So, hmm. you know, we are all for empowering kids and helping them to have healthy lives. Yeah. But we don't really talk about, you know, honey, marriage is really important. And marriage is something that you should, you know, really aspire to, like be the kind of person that someone would want to marry, be the kind of person who can make a commitment for life to marry, to marry and to have children. And wow, you're going to do so well in life. These are conversations I think that moms and dads need to be having with their kids. Absolutely. Arlene Pelicane with me today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about National Marriage Week USA. Uh, it's happening right now through February 14th, which of course is Valentine's Day. We've got a link for nationalmarriageweekusa.org up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I, I love the way you present this, Arlene, because I know we have a lot of uh, single, maybe older, maybe widowed or divorced yeah. people listen to our, our conversation here. And I love how affirming you are about marriage, not... Uh, it could very easily be shamey. I mean, just just be perfectly frank. You're like, yeah. oh, well, if you're not married, then you, you know, instead it's like, no, you know what? You can have a full and complete life as a single person in Christ. But if you are married and you do and you're and you're called to this relationship and you find the right partner, your life is going to improve exponentially. And and that's a message that young people, I mean, I I've my wife and I, it's a second marriage for both of us. We have six uh, kids who are all either millennial or generation Z. Half are married, half are not. And the ones who are married are just side-splittingly happy. I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're doing better. Yes. They're doing well. Not that the other ones aren't. Right. But you, you, I, what, everything you're saying, I'm like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and right. just, it, it, really, it really does work. Now, you've got resources, I know, and one of the initiatives that you have with National Marriage Week is, is you're talking about how marriage is worth it and dating is such an important part of marriage. Talk about that. It's kind of fun because every year they have a different theme. So this year is the value of date night. And I, Roger, when I heard that, I was just like, okay, whoop-de-doo, go on a date, have some ice cream together. <laughs> like it yeah. sounded kind of fluffy. Yeah. But Brad Wilcox, they've done this research. And what they found was when they asked married couples, do you date? 52% of them said we never date or mm. maybe just a few times a year. So it's not mm -hmm. very often, right? Wow. And 48% said, yes, we date at least once a month, usually like once or twice a month or at least once a month. So 48% reported that way. What they found was when they dated, they were so much, they, they had this 15 percentage point boost in areas like commitment to one another, hmm. physical intimacy, uh, good communication, not likely to divorce, overall happiness, that when this just this factor was different, that, yeah, we go on dates at least once a month. I mean, it's only right. 12 times a year, you know, <laughs> that they say we do that, that you get this 15% boost in all these really key areas. And so it's a wonderful statistical reminder to say, you know what, if date night is not on the calendar, let's, let's put that there because what does that communicate? It mm -hmm. means I don't want to be distracted. I just want to be with you. This is our time where there's not a million other things happening. Our phones are down and I'm here for you. This is a time for novelty. Like we're stuck in the rut all the, every day, kind of the same. But yeah. on this particular day, we are going to either try a new restaurant that we've never tried before, go to a movie that we're really both dying to see, or we're going to do something we've never done before. Like we're going to take a square dancing class or something, you know, so, so there's a novelty. It's different from, from your week. And then if it can be regular that you can count on it, that, you know, you know, every two weeks we mm -hmm. do this or every month we go on that 
those things are so good. And it's, it's funny, Roger, it used to be, think of it like our parents' generation, they went to church more often. So they saw people mm-hmm. more, they were mm-hmm. maybe part of a service club. So they did that. And maybe they were a bridge club. They played cards, whatever. They saw people a lot. Well, think of today's, you know, 20 year old, 30 year old, 40 year old, 60 year old. We're more isolated. We don't go to church as yeah. much. We don't mm-hmm. serve as much. And so you see structurally, just socially, how lovely it is if you're married to go on date night to get you back in society so that you're not, yes. not by yourself. Yeah, because we were created for community, and that's yeah. a, it's so essential to our walk with the Lord and our growth in our faith. Arlene Pelican is with me today here on The Bottom Line. Selfishly, I'm glad we're having this conversation because she's just a, such a delight to talk to. Uh, she's a spokesperson for National Marriage Week USA, and we've got a link for nationalmarriageweekusa.org up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're talking about the value of date nights, and we're talking about why that right now between now and valentine's day is a good time for married couples to recommit to having a regular regularly scheduled date night doesn't have to be once a week it could be once or twice a month but just having that on the calendar and making that a priority and then the value of marriage in the culture we're going to get a little deeper into that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues get your money out of a traditional 401k or ira now what we have is we have a problem in the sense that and i've got a big pot of money. No one's advising me on what to do with this big pot of money. And so I'm just kind of putting it all over the place. People in the early 50s and early 60s, when they went to work, they had pension plans. Hey, they knew when they retired, they're going to have a pension plan. Well, it is a real challenge when you think about the fact that here I am, now I'm retired and you're now responsible for everything to do with your retirement, everything to do with the growth, everything to do with what you're going to do. And so this kind of gives you a feeling of relief to know that, hey, that, that I'm not the only one out here suffering. When you see the the severity of what the 401k has limited you to, and you realize that it really isn't what it was cracked up to be, this kind of takes them down the road and shows them how easily that can be solved. Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial Services for simply better alternatives. Arlene Pelican is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Great to see and uh, talk with Arlene. Uh, if you're watching on myhopenow.com, you get a chance to see us on our Zoom cameras here. Uh, we're talking about National Marriage Week USA, which is going on now through February 14th, of course, which is Valentine's Day. We've been discussing some of the, if you go to nationalmarriageweekusa.org, by the way, you'll find a whole slew of information, data that is very helpful with regard to uh, some of the statistics, for example, that Arlene mentioned about kids who uh, graduate from high school, wait to get married till they're at least 21, and then have families afterwards, the chance of them uh, living in poverty like 2%. I mean, it's just, it's it's so good for you to do. Uh, One of the stats I found on your website, Arlene, before we get into the creative date nights, because every guy has got a pencil and paper ready or their phone saying, please tell me how to do dates because we haven't done them in such a long time. We don't need to know what it is, but a stat from the Brookings Institute about the fact that the divorce rate has risen steadily over the years here in the US. But they said that if the marriage rate today was what it was in 1970, we would see a 25% decline in poverty just for people being married, staying married and building homes and things like that. That really, I mean, as a former yeah. business and econ major myself, that right? really hit me between the eyes. Talk about that if you would. Why, Why? I mean, it's not just for you. It's not just because it's a good Christian thing to do or for the church, but it really does help the culture. Yeah, that this is, I'm so glad you parked here 
because a lot of times we think, well, what's in it for me? And that's okay. You can think about yourself, but you think of the ripple effect of when people come from stable homes where there's a mom and a dad who love them, who are providing for them, when they're able to pool their money together, that couple, that mom and that dad versus being single and not having as many resources to invest, all of those things help reduce poverty. I think that it's upwards of $112 billion a year spent in the U.S. for, you know, unwed unwed pregnancies to help Mm. kids for welfare, all those different things. So all those costs that we could save if we would simply even support. And that's what's hard because the culture maligns the nuclear family. The culture is, oh, you don't need that. You don't need a mom or dad. You just create Mm -hmm. your own family. And yet when we're doing that, we're also taking away something that from the beginning of time, this is how we come to be, that we are, we, that this <laughs> yep. is how we come into the world uh-huh. is through this family. And this family is best equipped to take care of that child. And when that doesn't exist and the state has to do it, the state has to take care of that child. That's why we have all these, you know, problems in terms of poverty and different things. So, so it really is, you're right, like through the culture it's a blessing. So when you're talking to your kids and your kids, ah, oh, what's, what's so, you know, well, picture it. If no one was married going forward and everyone was kind of on their own, what would that look like? Marriage is mm. much more permanent, even than couples who, you know, a lot of couples are cohabitating now. Right. I think it was in the 1970s, only 5% of couples um, cohabitated. And now I think it's like, like 70%, like it's mm. so much more acceptable, not only in, in the regular secular world, but also in the church, you know, you, I, it, my heart breaks. I hear these like Christian high school students that become college students and they start living with their, you know, opposite sex people that they're dating and it's like what is going on and so to realize that you you're it's marriage is a much more permanent thing you have a a greater success of staying together if you're married versus if you're just living together so marriage is good for us it's good for the culture boy it certainly sounds like it arlene pelican with me today here on the bottom line one of the spokeswomen for the national marriage week usa event and this campaign that's going on now through valentine's day you can learn more get some tools and some tips some research and data when you go to national marriageweekusa.org. And I know bottom line listeners, we're all kind of data junkies, I guess. I, I, I don't like using that word on Christian media, but but we're, we're really into They understand info. what you're saying. They know. Okay, good. Well, I heard Tony Evans do a whole thing on intoxication of the Holy Spirit the other day, and I was watching his crowd and they're just looking at him like, you said get intoxicated. And he said, no, no, no. Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy five. Spirit. Yeah, there you go. They weren't feeling it. Hey, let's talk about some examples of what, I mean, it's 2023. We have people who have been married a couple of years, like my wife and me, or 67 years, like my mom and dad, Mm -hmm. and all points far and wide in between. What does dating look like, Arlene Pelican, in 2023? I know you have it down pat. It's perfect in your household. Uh Kind of bring us, help us along for those of us who are saying, man, you know, it's been a while since we've done this. What does a date constitute anymore? Give us some fun examples. You know what's fun? I heard once my senior pastor growing up, he took his wife on the greatest date he took her to the Eiffel Tower for their anniversary. It was like a 60th anniversary. And they sat in the Eiffel Tower and they had lunch. And I said to him, Pastor, do you have anything cheaper that I recommend? <laughs> so there are like those great oh, yeah. moments that are just wow. But you know what he said to me? He said, Arlene, it doesn't have to cost money. It just has to be something like I can hardly wait until. 
and it doesn't have to be expensive. Mm. He talked mm-hmm. about how he used to call all of his grandchildren the morning of their birthdays. He'd be the first one to call. And the grandchildren would say, I know I never have to set my alarm clock because I know that you'll call. Oh. And he said that doesn't cost any money. So see mm-hmm. the spirit of like, I was thinking of you. That's what you do for the date night. It doesn't cost anything. Maybe it's like a phone call that says, hey, five o'clock is coming up and I'm so Mm -hmm. excited. I'm waiting all day to see you, you know? And then it's like, really? Like that's how you used to act 30 years ago when we were dating. Right, right. You know, so it, I think is an attitude of really relishing each other again. And and, and it's it's an act of the will. Like at the beginning, it's your hormones and your emotions. But mm-hmm. as, as you continue in your marriage, it's an act of the will to say, I see you. I appreciate you. I'm going to speak kindly and anticipate being with you. So I think it's attitude. Uh, I think it's, you know, be a little creative in your planning. You could have like a remember when date. So maybe mm. you used to live in a, an apartment in the city and you can, you, you live in the same city, but you've upgraded to a home because you have children, whatever. You mm-hmm. Go to that old apartment, you park in, you know, on the street and you have a cup of coffee and reminisce together. Remember when mm, this used to be our sweet. beat mm-hmm. and it, it could be a place. It could be a, a like a old movie that you used to love together. It could be a restaurant that you used to frequent, a walk you used to take. So kind of a remember one. Let's let's reminisce like, you know, remember when we had, you know, an elementary school that your kids used to go to. Mm-hmm. Another idea would be like a book night where mm. There's a book that you want your spouse to read and vice versa, but your spouse doesn't want to read that book. But now you're doing the date and you go to a brick and mortar bookstore, you hand them the book and you say, it could be fiction or nonfiction. It could be business, it could be spiritual, be anything. Say, this is something I really find interesting. And I want you to tell me what you think. And you Mm -hmm. both read a few pages. And if you like it enough, okay, let's do it. And you get those books. If not, you've got veto power. I could never Mm. read this book. (laughs) Go find me another (laughs) one. But what have you just done? If your love language is is, um, gifts, you've just given your spouse a gift. And then you've also introduced like new ideas to talk Mm -hmm. about. Because a lot of times we get in a rut. We don't really talk about anything new. And so books can really open up your world to, oh, what does my spouse find interesting? So mm. those are two very easy examples. Remember one and a book date. And of course, I you can always that. save for Paris. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Paris, that's not bad. Uh, it's funny <laughs> you mentioned that. Arlene Pelicate with me today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about National Marriage Week USA.org, which is where you'll find uh, more tips and more suggestions. I had a friend who used to work for the airlines, and this is how long ago it was Continental Airlines, and they were based in Houston. But they did, did that. They weren't able to have children. It was just the two of them. And so whenever a special occasion would come up, because they had the means to be able to travel, they would to have lunch at Nashville, even though they lived in Houston or something like that, just because, and I love the fact they're still married. They've got, they're coming up on 50 something years. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they were creative. They were inventive. They could be spontaneous whenever they wanted to. And it was usually her. I realized too, Arlene, you can, you could address the 800 pound gorilla in the room. Typically one spouse is a little more romantic and creative than the other. Yes. I think so. And yeah. women are a bit more communicative and they plan and they like doing those things. But that's also fun for the husband, right? It, it also, yeah. if that is the case, that your wife is more the planner, then it's like, wow, you don't have to do that much. And it'll be like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you could be like, <laughs> so blown away. <laughs> I, I, I like made a reservation, you know, yeah. and it's uh-huh. like, wow, you know. Yeah. So you really could, it's a small step and it's totally fine. 
I love that. I love that. We've got 60 seconds left in our conversation. Arlene, of course, National Marriage Week has been going on since the 7th. It's continuing on through Valentine's Day. Obviously, we don't want people to stop focusing on their marriages once they you know, hit Feb 15 or Feb 16. But talk about what is the hope for National Marriage Week USA in terms of you know, sowing seeds for the future, for future yeah. events? What does the future look like? Yeah, that it's very much building a movement of people who are like, this is marriage and we love marriage and we want to shine that and we want to show that. And on nationalmarriageweekusa.org, or you can even just go to marriageweek.org. That'll take you to the same place. There is a national calendar so that you could see, is there a marriage event that I want to attend to grow my mm -hmm. marriage? If you're maybe your church is hosting one, you can post it on that calendar. There's also a couple's connection plan that I love that you can download for free and it gives you like things you can talk about with your spouse, goals that you might want to make together for the year, five love languages, how can you speak those more readily? It's a wonderful resource just to kind of jumpstart you in the right direction. I love it. Well, marriageweek.org, nationalmarriageweekusa.org, we've got them both linked up at thebottomlineshow.com so you can find what you're looking for there, get some great ideas, some conversation starters, and let's get America's married couples dating again. That's hey, right. That's our campaign. That's right. Uh, I love it. I leave it. Arlene Pellicane, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And where do we find you on social media too? I know you're busy yeah. writing and speaking and doing stuff. How do we connect with you? You can find me at ArlenePellicane.com and I host the Happy Home Podcast. So that's a weekly podcast you can check out. And Instagram, you can find me, my name, Arlene Pellicane. All right, good. Check it out. I highly recommend those uh, resources that she's been talking about. And we can't wait to have you back on next time you have a book or a DVD to, uh, to let our listeners know about because it's always great information as well. Arlene Pellicane, NationalMarriageWeekUSA.org. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks, Roger. Well, what a fun conversation. What a great concept, too. Go to thebottomlineshow.com and check out the link for nationalmarriageweekusa.org, and you'll find some great dating ideas and, and some interesting statistics about the value and the importance of marriage. Um, uh, that's at nationalmarriageweekusa.org. As we continue, some final thoughts about love and marriage as we get ready for this kind of pre-Valentine's Day and Super Bowl weekend, all coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to Preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. My thanks again to Arlene Pellicane, one of the national spokeswomen for the National Marriage Week USA Marriage is Worth It event. It's going on right now through Valentine's Day. It's the week before Valentine's Day leading up to Feb 14. And uh, this has become an annual event. 
that actually talks about marriage. And I wanted to stress something. I think we underscored it a little bit during our conversation, but as we uh, get ready to, uh, you know, kick off the weekend here, this is Good News Friday. And Good News Friday here means that we are talking about the good news of what God is doing in our world. And one of the greatest gifts he gave our uh, mankind, all of human beings, is marriage. and gave it to us in the Garden of Eden. Now, it doesn't mean that all of us are called to marriage. And having experienced a season of marriage myself and then a season of singleness and now marriage again, I can completely understand what it's like to be on uh, either ends of the spectrum, whether you are single and never married, if you're married and married in a long term, if you're married and then divorced or married and then widowed. There are so many different ways that people uh, find themselves in the marriage and family uh, situation. But one thing is for certain, and I think this is important for us to understand, God ordained marriage, God created it, God designed it as a way for a husband and wife to come together in uh, holy matrimony, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, you will never find a more intimate relationship that, than that between a husband and wife. I know that you'll say, well, what about parent and child? Well, <clears throat> husband and wife have a bonding of soul, whereas parent and child have a passing on of DNA and that type of thing. But it's interesting, too, why marriage matters in the culture. And I mentioned this earlier, um, Fox News reported that the Brookings Institute, which is not exactly family friendly, said that the marriage rate here in 2023 was what it was in 1970, you would see a decline in poverty by 25%. Uh, the Heritage Foundation says that marriage reduces the probability of a child living in poverty uh, by 82%. It's marriage is not for everyone. And if you were in a marriage and it didn't work, or you were single right now and you were never married, um, you know, obviously there's nothing, nothing wrong with your situation in the sense that God loves you and each of us are called individually to stand before him eventually to give our accounting of how we lived our lives. But I want to encourage you, if you're in a marriage right now that's struggling, to stay the course as best you can. Obviously, if there's physical abuse, if there's financial problems that are, are you know, bordering on illegal, that type of thing. I mean, if you have to take action, then take action by all means. But marriage really does matter. And marriage is more than what the culture defines it as. Marriage is what God defines it as. And biblical, traditional marriage is the backbone of, of any healthy society. As we've seen constant attacks on marriage uh, through the past 40, 50 years, um, there are a lot of people now who are saying, well, if it's just two people and they love each other, who cares? You know, or in some cases, I was watching a television program the other day, house was up for sale, and the people who lived there before were a thruple. It was a guy and two women who considered themselves to be a married unit. Um, biblical marriage is the backbone for, of foundation, but ultimately, it also points us to ultimately what's going to happen uh, when the role is called up yonder. Jesus Christ will return to do what? To be engaged in the wedding ceremony of the, sin, of the lifetime with his bride, and he is the bridegroom. And that holy matrimony will live on for all eternity in heaven. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line.